everyone, welcome to Coach Out Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and here's what we've got lined up for you this week. Getting nervous, you can focus on the outcome, so if someone missed the target, the focus is on the outcome and the players behave differently. You can see that on the adult game, but you can also see in the, in a, in a young teenage game or even with the kids, when they can't do something for a one period of the time or a longer period of time, then they became on the red zone of their brain, which means the learning curve stops. In this episode, we spoke to Pavel Gucieko around the development of a positive learning environment for children. This links to previous episodes around creating the optimal learning environment within a coaching setting. Pav runs his own business within coaching that specialises in helping young people or children to learn better and for football to have a positive impact on their lives. Hi Pav, uh, welcome to Coach Out Podcast. Really appreciate you you uh, coming on. Um, just briefly, well, in as much detail as you want, just just tell us a little bit about you because I know we spoke a little bit and you've mentioned kind of the years of experience you've had. Just try and kind of round that up for me, please, mate. Okay, hello, everyone. Uh, so first of all, um, thanks for the invitation to uh, share uh, the... I guess, coaching experience with fellow coaches and with you. So much appreciate for that. Uh, so basically, uh, I coach for 20 plus years, um, mostly in the youth football. Uh, and that's what I enjoy doing. Um, uh, so I spent, uh, once I finished my master's degree in Poland, because that's where I originally from, um, I uh, have an opportunity to work in the United States. Uh, and that's where I spent seven years coaching in various uh, schools uh, and coaching programs. Um, and then um, I had the opportunity um, here in, in England. So I guess I'm, I'm working across, um, uh, you know, different countries. And when that opportunity turned turn up, um, um, I came here. Um, and I've been offered a job in a uh, community program at Norwich Football Club uh, in was 2009. Um, and from then on, um, you know, I spent 10 years in UK working in various settings. Uh, but a large chunk of it was working for the Football Association as an FA skills coach uh, for eight years, working mainly across foundation phase players, 5 to 11s. Uh, educate teachers and coaches on the grassroots level uh, to help them better understand and design the training that um, that suits their the players. They come to them uh, and they can and, and help them to create an environment uh, that's actually good for kids to learn. Um, and on top of that, I've been working on a part-time basis in Cat One and Cat Two academies, uh, which basically gives me a mix. Uh, and finally. Um, I uh, opened my own program. I created a program called Path Fumble uh, for all ages and abilities. Purely it's called, it's learning program when we, learn, when we try to help kids to learn better and understand them in the first place. Uh, so we got a methodology around it and our vision is to, to create, hopefully uh, be better and better and try to be as best as we possibly can be and be recognized what we do with the kids. Um, I'm also an author um, of uh, the few books. Uh, they all are widely known. 
uh, if someone would like them, uh, or, or, you know, to learn more about them, uh, they obviously on all major retailers and obviously on Amazon as well. So that's in short. So <laughs> I guess no, because again, go go back to your most kind of recent venture in terms of stuff you're doing yourself, Pat. What's what's the motivation behind kind of what you do? Because again, a typical coach at times would maybe go. I want to work at under sevens, under eights, then I'll progress to under twelves, then I'll progress to under fifteens, and then under eighteens and thirteens. What's your motivation to kind of stay where you are in terms of this like learning environment? Um, I think my motivation are are kids really. Uh, personally, um, to do what I do, I never have to be motivated in, in that sense because uh, I got that inner drive and personality. That's me, that's my personality, that uh, no one needs to invite me to have a session in football, uh, so if, if, that, if I put that way. Uh, but I guess, uh, to you know, the, the understanding of learning process and why and how uh, kids learning is the thing that we all want to know, including myself, which I have to learn a lot about it. So I started digging into uh, how the brain responds to different circumstances, learn more about social and psychological, psychological stuff, both in the younger children as well as the, the teenage age. Uh, because when, when I understand that better, I then can, can share that knowledge across the coaches that I'm working with. And hopefully that's became better for everybody's involved and especially for the players that come to, to us. Obviously, football is football. You, 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 you play, you, you want to play football. I'm not there to, you know, be a psychiatrist or anything like that at all. All I'm saying is understanding learning process for me is really important. And I found it across the board and across the years that is still not fully discovered and not fully understood um and i guess you knew knew more by doing stuff and learn from the kids um and that's why i think if you ask maybe it's not a motivation but it's like a goal almost to, to try to discover how that happened um and do research and and on my own experience when i work with players why is he done that what was the reason for it um, and there's a different methods you can come from to the end. So sometimes you have no answer, and that's also fine. Um, and I think, you know, that's the gap in, in knowledge myself, but others, I would like to fill in. So if that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, brilliant. Because again, going on from that, what, who's kind of influenced you? Is there a particular coach in the past that you saw working this way or? people you've seen recently or someone from outside of sport who has really kind of influenced why why you work on these things? Um, I would say no, but there were coaches, obviously, you always learn from. Um, I think uh, um, perhaps the influence where, you know, when you coaching and you're doing stuff and you see other people doing why they doing the way they doing, that's the first thing. Because we very quickly to jump to criticize or make an assessment, if you like, or, or opinions straight away. 
so you know someone see on the post practice oh this is bad or someone see uh oh they just play and the, i think his generalization is understanding why someone doing and what is the reason what what's the reason for it um but i think going forward the football goes into the air area in my view when the information and searching for information and understanding brain learning this with where the footballs are going uh, I think we reach the level of physicality. We know a lot about that area. We also quite, uh, you know, the game is game is slightly changing. Probably is quicker, is more intense. But overall, the constraints of the game are still the same. There's still eleven v eleven. The pitch are the same. There's one ball. Uh, there are different ways of playing, okay, and things. But in the end, is no one really reinvent the wheel. It's just the cycle. Yeah. But in terms of human perspective. I think the very successful coaches keep studying, understanding human being and the behavior behind it and how they learn and what they do. And I think that's where um, younger kids and teenage age, we need to understand and learn more and more about social and psychological stuff uh, to better design the training for them and to be effective, to be more effective at what we do as coaches and I consider effective for me is uh, over the period of the time they're getting better because of, of what we do together us as coaches and and, um, and the players on the pitch so yeah So what's your understanding of, of children or young, young adults then in terms of you said they're around we understand them physically in terms of levels and get to the game is not going to change but psychologically and pro-social where do you think children are at this moment in time and what are the key things we've got to go after so obviously generations changed but the human development doesn't uh so in terms of psychological point of view and physical point of view the young adults or children are still growing and their brain are on a completely different stage their behavior is not always logic and we talk about teenage age they they do things uh, you know, ad hoc constantly. Um, and then uh, with the kids, uh, you know, their brain basically is generally designed for chaos and play because that's what they like to do. Uh, and I think when we engage kids with the playing, then, uh, then the session generally will be better and more effective because if you engage, if the brain is engaged with learning, that's a natural process. I think if the brain is not engaged with learning, then it's much more difficult to get at the outcome you really want from kids. Um, and obviously, everybody has different needs. So you've got to have to then adapt, adapt this to individuals. Uh, but the behavior, learning behavior with the teenagers and also the kids uh, are reflected what they do on the pitch and reflect with their emotions. Um, and we always uh, see uh, a lot who by missing the goals all the time and then he became uh, I call this a green and red stage um, and the green stage is they feel confident happy safe to express themselves and that that's where your emotions and your brain are on ready to learn uh, why when you on the red stage you became nervous you became focused on the outcome so if someone missed the target the focus is on the outcome and the players behave differently 
you can see that on the adult game, but you can also see in, in, a, in a young teenage game or even with the kids, when they can't do something for a one period of the time or a longer period of time, then they became on the red zone of their brain, which means the learning car stops because they can't focus on what they need to do. They focus on the, on the you know, opposite side of it. And when we as coaches doesn't possess that understanding and knowledge, then we used to say, oh, go on, go again. But he's on the red zone alert, if you, if you know what I mean. And that means even by our intervention, it's still going to be difficult to, uh, to change that at that particular moment. Um, and on the other hand, uh, in that sense, is when they, on that particular moment, we used to ask ourselves, oh, why is he behaving like that? What is wrong with him? Yeah, he's uncoachable or whatever. Without fully understanding what's going on in that teenage brain, that's, that's, that's the kids and teenage brain, basically. They're not fully developed their feelings, emotions, understanding and logical thinking. And as adults do, and a good example is you when you cross the street, you know, you look left, right. But when you don't teach that the kid, he probably for the first time not gonna look, he just go, because that's what they do. And their brain are not registered that yet. And if you, if you get this to football, it's very similar. So we got to value feelings, emotions, understanding more and then we'll be better understand why they do things they do. And then as a result, hopefully we'll be better prepared to help them on the pitch. And as a result of that, it will be more effective in a longer period of the time. Uh, and on that point, to finish it off is, we used to say the kids doesn't have resilience when he, you know, go on something and always say, oh, he's not resilient enough. Is it really, or is it what caused that behavior? Why is he behave the way he is? Why he can't cope with that? What is the reason? So we're very quick to, you know, um, judge and maybe cut off the kid from the wire, if I might say that way, rather than understand why. And then try to see if we can help and then get back. So psychological and physical side of the, of the young players they develop probably until some of them, until age of 25. And we have to take that into consideration. Uh, we talk about maturity, obviously, and things like that. But from a psychological point of view, a lot of things going on, and we need to learn more and more about that in order to help them. I think that is a massive part of learning and also a massive part of playing football at the top level. Yeah. And is there any techniques, going back to a couple of points in your answer, when you talk about this red zone, is there any technique yeah. you use as a coach where you try and get the player or the kid back out of the red zone? So do you spot it happening and then go, right, I've got to change how I coach now? I think observation is a very good key thing for coaches because when you're in the moment of coaching, you might not have seen it. Um, and you might not recognize the need, psychological need of that particular kid or young adult. Um, I think crying is the good example with the younger kids and they're crying for whatever reason that might be. They're not in learning at that particular moment. Um, they need to come back from negative emotions and why. And I think when you calm, when you're not gingermental, when you just seriously 
you know, you be a, a calm manner, have an arm on the shoulder and speak and support and say what happened, why, then eventually, slowly, they come back to the zone when they need to be and start playing. Smile is a good example that kids in learning, they really do. Uh, good fun in the session is also okay. I think when it becomes too serious, uh, there has to be balance between fun and seriousness. Of course, when it's older ages, then it became more serious, especially on the higher end of the football game. But I think uh, this, you've got to be very carefully observe what's going on because things can kick out easy. Someone can lose the temper immediately. He's not learning at that moment. He only focuses to maybe kick someone at papers and things like that. But yeah. what's caused that? And then we need to deal with the behavior, not the player not the person, just the behavior. What caused that? What was the psychological factor is in it because then he's in the red zone, he's not learning. Same thing is when the, when the, let's say, 15 years old, missing target all the time. Three games, he couldn't score. And the teenagers have the mantra that the coaches and parents are less important to them. The most important people are their peers. What they perceive them and how they saw the kid must be one of the best and score goals every game. And next three, he didn't, and you know he started thinking about, oh my God, what was the what my what my teammates will think about me? What's the peers' outcome? Are there gonna be jokes around and things like that? And he stops learning. He's back into the red zone. He start became nervous. He start became frustrated. He start became getting a bad emotions, which means he can't focus what he needs to do to score. His focus is on the outcome himself. So I did not score rather than what I need to do to score. So for instance, be in the right space, make your correct runs and things like that. That's where is the difference between being a, a red and green zone. Um, so, and it's not my knowledge. I learned this from a lot of great people who uh, came to the different CPDs uh, and talk about the brain learning. People who has higher knowledge about that and far, far better than myself. But this is the people I'm trying to reach to, to learn more about the brain learning, how that affects young people and how, what can I do with my coaching to help. Yeah. You mentioned in the beginning of that, like, well, a couple of answers ago about kids and children learn better when there's chaos because they're engaged. Can you just expand on that a little bit in terms of what you'd mean by that for listeners? So when, you know, we have to, I think... Uh, this is perhaps is my opinion, but generally, when you see young children play, it's generally chaotic because they're very young, they experience the game. Of course, when they get better coaching and more about structure, then the game looks slightly better. But generally, it will be chaotic. It will be a lot of mistakes going around because that's learning happen. And I think, Especially, you know, grassroots may be less on the, on the uh, higher end of the game, but generally, if you see young kids play, it's a lot of chaos. It's one kid can dribble, wants to dribble all of the others. Um, basically, you know, releasing the ball to someone is, is not seen as a good thing, especially with the younger kids, because they want to be with the ball and everybody drawn to the ball, and that's natural for them. That's natural what the kids do. That's their learning. That's how human brain is adjust that's what our you know development is when we are kids when you want to stay somewhere in space and want to receive all it's quite boring and probably on the grassroots level specifically before you get that pass you might be you might stay there forever so it's not fun um and in chaos you learn 
uh, th this is where you actually do learn uh, because you might pass someone and you might dribble someone in, and, and it's good for learning and it's good for the brain. Of course, when you get a little bit older, uh, there was more structure to it, uh, then became less chaotic. But until you gain to proper, probably, you know, we call proper 11 v 11 game, is still to the certain extent chaotic at times. Is it, would you agree? Even 11 v 11 yeah. game is unpredictable. There is chaos, there's kicking to no one, there is goal scores uh, from bizarre ways. And in this chaos, that's football. So I think we have to focus also on that unpredictability of the football match. Uh, you know, we can't, the game can't be perfect, never will be, and we as coaches can't make that perfect. So, um, so with kids, yeah, I think that's good for them. Yeah. So just going on to kind of your environment, Pav, when you're coaching, what would you say that your environment looks like and feels like? when you're coaching yourself? I think the first thing is to engage with kids and connect with them on a, uh, a normal, personal, social level. Uh, so smile, give a high five, things like that. It, it, a lot of people underestimate that, but it's really important. And then when they engage, you know, they start ready to learn. Uh, of course, again, every player has different needs. So you've got to individualize stuff and make sure the hardest bit is always to meet every single player, and especially when you coach on your own. That's why in, in my program, we always have at least three or four coaches in one training session. And we divide the kids in the groups. So you have ratio one to six. So their individual learning take place and you got a better opportunity to help individuals. When you have one coach on 20 kids, which I understand is not always, you not always can have two for a variety of reasons. Then I think it became managing the group rather than learning and coaching uh, because it's very, very difficult. And I appreciate a lot of people are in this, play, in, in this circumstances or in that environment. So my, my advice would be the best is to set up a lot of small pitches, you know, three versus three or two versus two and, and let the kids play and then make, maybe get some individual challenges or group challenges in, in different pitch when they can experience different things. Um, because when you get up, when you get to a, a bit more pro club or things like that, obviously you've got more coaches and more support uh, is around that. Uh, so in my program, that's number one thing, engagement. Number two, ratio to coach to player has to be at least one to six. Uh, and then our program is around three very simple war words, if you like, I call these words, but I don't like that. It's basically around uh, motivate to play, confident to play, and competent to play. So motivate to play means are the kids engaged with the content of your session? Are the kids engaged with you? Because if they are, the learning will happen naturally, even though they know and we don't know about it does happen because when you engage with something, if you're disinterested, you know, as an adult, you're not gonna learn because you're just disinterested with that. Then confident to play is for us, it means basically, um, are we using a bigger space or smaller space? Which kids needs what, uh, as an example? And then we try to meet their individual needs based on that so they feel confident enough. Uh, and then we let them choose which space they like, because kids are pretty know what they're good at and what they can do. Uh, and the last one is competent to play. This is purely focused on individual 
approach. So, and that's football related. So we call this, you know, uh, first touch, timing, uh, individual positioning, uh, body position, all those important individual bits, which is the base of football uh, to be able to play in a more competitive environment or so you got to be better equipped. But we do not jump in from one area to another. We have 40 weeks across the year, 10 weeks, we have a learning game. And if the players are not ready, we stay with the same learning game for a longer time. And we really learn from that. What we learn from is really effective way of learning, really is. And I can assure anyone who's listened to, to this podcast that this is really good way of learning, especially for people who's in a grassroots environment, when you have one session a week and one game, make the learning game for 20, 30 weeks with your kids. And when they're ready, then you can move to the next level. Um, and, and with that, our my motto, less is more. So we decide to play less numbers. That's what kids should do in the end because the brain, again, from learning point of view, can only took three information at a time. And if you play seven against seven too early or 99 too early and you don't have individual understanding of the game, you don't have those good habits that you need uh, and there is a lot of decisions to make, then, then generally as a kid, you will be lost in that game. Why when you play a smaller version of football game, it gives you three options. Number one, you can observe more. Number two, you can see more. And number three, it gives you better opportunity to see the decision-making. Because if you have choosing only from two options, let's say game three against three, you have only two options to choose, which means your decision could be better and it will be better over the time, but also will be quicker because you've got just two options. If you have loads of them, your decision will be affected. It's going to take longer and definitely it might not be the best decision you choose or, or, or it takes time to understand that. So if you got the 2v1 game situations, purely speaking, and you practice that game situation for a number of weeks, and the kids are getting better at it, then if they go to five against five and they find themselves in a situation 2v1, well, they're more likely will solve the problem in a good way because they already practiced that and been to it. So this is our learning around that. Um, so, and that's what our methodology, if you like, um, it's about, and we focus on that. So, so, so motivate, confident, competent to apply. And all of our coaches have to understand that. And we put heavy process in learning in our program. And uh, yeah, we're moving forward. We learn as it goes. And I'm in the middle of the like a case study to show to everyone what I've learned from that. And, you know, show to, our, to everyone, this is what happened. This is what it was. And this is what we find out from that. Um, and hopefully that help others maybe not copy, but, you know, perhaps change their environment slightly or things like that. So I like that because how do you, because you spoke about you work on something for 10 weeks and if it's, if they're not ready, then you don't move on. How do you gauge your measure if a group's ready to move on? 
So we, our coaches are, have to observe and note everything, like, you know, they, can't, they, they need to spend at least 15 minutes of their practice when the kids playing, watching the outcomes, what we try to help them with. And then based on that, they, you know, they, they only write comments about learning, hey, there was not, there's nothing else needs to be there. Okay. And then based on that, we see the habits and then we can see which kids are better learners and where they are at. So let's say someone solved the problem 2v1 really relatively easily. So he needs to go to the next level and maybe play 3v2 or even 2v2. And that's what we do. So when the kids are ready for it, we move on. And the reason for it is, I don't think learning takes place in six weeks or 10 weeks. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. Some learn quicker than others, yeah? But we can't, in my view, make any meaningful justification of he gets better of three weeks or four weeks. I think it's really difficult to do. It's certainly, in my view, very, very difficult task. I say don't know how to do it. Um, but over 10 or more weeks, given the same learning game, kids will play similar game. They know the game, so they learn the learning characters. You'll be able to see more and you'll be able to, to definitely justify he is solving that problem really well now. So he needs to go when he's, let's say, three versus three, or he got two against two. Now, when to dribble, when to pass in two v two situation instead of two v one, because they're ready for it. So you add one more defender to the game. And the learning game does not change, but now what is that change is a constraint. So you've got one more player. You might have a little bit more space. Um, in the end, it's really simple, because I believe football is simple. And we complicated. When I was younger, I complicated. I still do sometimes, which I'm really mad on myself when I do that. So I'm trying to get away from complexity. Two goals, one ball, two teams. How can I make kids better on that one? But again, some kids might need a lot of unopposed practice to get technique right. And that's fine. Does everybody need it? No. Who does need what? And I think we need to really individualize that, um, understand why they need it, and then help them with that. And then, yeah, but generally, kids come to training to be with their peers and to play. And if they want, I think majority of them would be disappointed. And if I don't see smiles after, then I consider that as my fault, nobody else. I have to change something. It's, it's me. Um, I don't have ego, by the way. I, I'm the last one to. I always first to be guilty and first to look at myself what I did wrong here that the kids doesn't do. So it's it's me first, not not the players, because in the end I'm a teacher. I'm 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 almost a teacher rather than a coach. And if the teaching is is not there, then okay, what what I did wrong here and why and what I need to change to get better. <clears throat> Nice, interesting. Again, really kind of humble of you as well, Pav, in terms of how you want to do your best to kind of help the players and the participants. Just lastly, to probably round up, like, where do you see your, like, initiative going in terms of the Pav Fumball stuff? Where, where do you want it to kind of go and what's your aspirations for it? I create this program for one reason, really, and one reason only, uh, to make aware 
people and maybe parents generally that coaching program is a learning program. Football for young kids and teenage age is a learning environment. Of course, when you get 18 and more, then it became performing environment. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Is you do need to perform. You are focused on winning and, and the way you play and what is the re and, and, and how what to achieve that. Um, but I think a lot of times we mix performing with learning. Uh, because in a, in a training, you know, the players are on a different learning stage. Some might just start learning this. The other might show growth of learning. What that means is he is on a better learning level already. He's seen that situation so he can solve it. And then someone is on performing level. He's already not only can solve it, but can solve it with one touch, with any way. Which means for that higher end learning, this kid needs to be move on. The middle kid, growth learning, we need to challenge him more. And the last one, we need to give him a lot of time because he's chosen an initial learning state. And back to again, 2v2 game or overlap situation or any game situation. You will see kids that are doing that unnaturally. You will see someone who struggles and you will see someone who's performing, solving problems. Whatever defenders do, they will solve problem anyway. And that's where it's, in my view, comes to individual um, plan. I, how can I help these individuals? And because I've seen it, where they are at the learning stage. The mistake I've done in the past was I was seeing this as a performing, not learning. And, and that's where you need to completely separate those two things because performing and learning is two different things young children and teenagers i still think they do learn in the game that's what it is and when they get better at it we can start thinking can he perform uh i think it's unreal expectation to ask someone to perform when he's still on the learning stage of a football game um that that's how uh you know uh i think the, the the difference between learning and performing is and understanding that again back to what i said early is to understand to learning understand how the brain works understanding that red and green zone where they are at uh and you know and then focus more on the add to it sorry tactical and technical knowledge which i think a lot of coaches have on a very good level but there is a reason they can get best out of their players and and why is that i think personally for me that was not knowing enough about the lot and not knowing enough about the learning brain not knowing enough about learning process not knowing enough about human not knowing enough about social connection how's that done um and and focus on that helps me become better coach and get that technical and tactical outcome i want to teach uh those young kids so, yeah, so that's that's the reason. <laughs> no, brilliant. Thanks for your time, Pav. Top man. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. And thanks again for inviting me. I, I, like I said, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully someone will listen. And if they do, feedback's welcome as always. Uh, again, uh, 
much appreciate uh, for your time and that you take the time to listen to me. Sorry about my accent, by the way. <laughs> no, we definitely will. We definitely some, some great stuff. Thanks, Pav. No worries. Cheers, Craig. <laughs>